0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In England, there's a garden known as the Poison Garden. It is a garden that is home to literally the most poisonous, deadliest plants in the entire world. Plants that simply by touching them could cause illness or even death. Plants that by ingesting their berries could also cause death. Plants that even smelling them, just smelling them too much, could cause a person to pass out or even also suffer death. These deadly, powerful plants are therefore then kept at a distance from anybody and everybody else. It's sequestered off to its own section and it's got a gate all around it and a very serious lock on the front of that gate as well. Those who do actually tend that garden, when they go in, they have to wear a full-body suit. And on the occasion that people actually get to tour this garden, they still are kept at a distance from these plants, so they wouldn't suffer any kind of harm. Such deadly power in these plants, and so therefore they're kept at a distance. Well, today as we look at God's word for us from Psalm 29, we consider the power of God. The power of God that very similar to those plants, could cause such destruction and even death. Except God's power is not kept at a distance, but rather brought so near to his people. Brought so near to his people, not to bring destruction, but to bring peace. So Psalm 29 makes it clear that the Lord is powerful and full of majesty. And in one way it does so because it mentions seven times the power of God. Now we ought to be careful when reading too much into numbers as they are in Scripture. But it is fair to say that seven, that number that signified completeness, could speak to us something to say that the Lord's power is complete. But more than just the number of times at which his power is described is the actual description of God's power that we're given. It begins by saying that the God of glory thunders. Thunder. This loud noise that peals from on high. It shakes our own homes and even our bodies. It's beyond our control. It surpasses all other noises. And the storm of God rages on. It breaks the cedars. These trees that were eight feet, eight feet wide and 130 feet tall. And the Lord breaks these great strong trees. And the Lord's storm continues. It makes the enemy skip like a calf, like a young wild ox, making the enemy flee, run in fear and dread and terror. The Lord flashes forth flames of fire, burning everything in sight. The Lord shakes the wilderness, causing it to tremble and to writhe. The Lord makes the deer give birth, premature birth, interrupting the natural, normal process. And the Lord strips the forest bare. Not just knocking down a few trees, but the entire forest stripped bare. It's a terrifying image. But that's the power of God. The power of God that is capable of so much destruction. The power of God that cannot be contained. The power of God that cannot be stopped. The power of God that could crush each and every one of us. Because we are nowhere near an eight-foot-wide tree. We stand no match in the face of God's power. Compared to His power, our power pales to His. We're powerless before Him. It's not necessarily something we want to admit. It's not necessarily something we want to hang around our necks on a sign. But it's true that before our God, we are Powerless. And just as much as God's power could crush each and every one of us, it should. Hear me carefully when I say this: that God's power should crush each and every one of us. Because we just admitted it here together before our God in worship that we are sinners. That we failed in so many ways. We failed to live up to God and what he would have for us. We failed to keep our promises to him. And for those reasons, we deserve his judgment. His just, righteous judgment. His punishment in all that it entails. We deserve it. And yet, we're not crushed. And yet in God's love and mercy, he brings his power down to us, not to crush nor to destroy us, but to give us peace. If you notice in Psalm 29, it begins in the first couple verses by describing God's power as high and lifted up amongst the heavenly beings. And then in the following verses, it comes down to earth to show its great power amongst the creation. And then in that last verse, all the way down to us, little comparatively insignificant us. And he brings his power down from on high all the way down to us, not to bring destruction, but peace. See, at times God may seem so far away and distant from us, especially when we consider, consider his infinite power and majesty. as just some power high up in the sky, way off somewhere in the distance. Plus, add to that the fact that we have portions of Scripture like in our psalm today that describe the Lord as enthroned over the flood, enthroned as king forever. Or other portions of scripture, like our Old Testament lesson today. Isaiah chapter 6 describes God as sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. Add to that the doctrinal belief that we have a Trinitarian God. A doctrinal concept that we focus on today, Holy Trinity Sunday. But admittedly, one of the most difficult concepts there is because we can't fully understand it. It's something beyond our human comprehension. We'll never be able to fully explain it. And for those reasons especially, it might be difficult at times to see God as a close personal God. But he is. He is a personal God who's connected to his people. And as I've said many times before, and I'll say many times again, he is a relational God who brings his power down from on high relationally to each and every one of you and all of his people. Because our God is God who speaks with his people. All the way back in the beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, God said to them, he said, where are you? He knew where they were. He and his infinite power, magic, could have struck them down wherever they were. And yet he spoke to them. As one to another, he spoke with his people. And then another significant event in the history of God's people there at Mount Sinai. Through thunder and thick clouds and darkness, he spoke to his people. He gave them his law. Yes, he gave them expectations, but still he spoke to his people. More than that, God also goes to his people to dwell with them. Especially all throughout the Old Testament, we see that God promised to dwell with his people in the temple. That there he brought his infinite power and majesty to be with his people. That in that place, they knew for a fact they could always encounter his grace and salvation and eternal life. But above all, God shows that his power is ever near to his people through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, who is not another God, he is not a lesser than God, who is himself God the truth that also today on Holy Trinity Sunday we focus on as in just moments from now we will confess together the Athanasian Creed responsibly and some of you may think that's a long creed some of you may start to think that sounds a bit redundant but it's not it is exceedingly clear and it is long to make one point above all so clear that we believe in one God three persons Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, none is greater, none is less than, all co-equal, eternal and powerful and majestic. And so Jesus, the full God made flesh, brought the power down to this earth to make it ever more close to his people. And he he certainly displayed the power of God. As it says in our reading from Acts chapter 2, Jesus did mighty works and wonders and signs. Now, it doesn't say what those were here in this reading, but we all know what they are. We have the rest of scriptures. That he healed people. That he rose people, raised people from the dead. That he miraculously fed thousands of people. That he forgave sins, and even he himself rose from the dead. And that last one especially, demonstrating that God's power did not come down on this earth just to crush, but rather to show love, And mercy. Because Jesus didn't come this world to crush you and me and all the people, but rather he came this world to subject himself to be crushed. As it says in Isaiah chapter 53, he was wounded for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. That he was crushed out of his love and mercy for you. So the John 3:16 would be ever so true for you that you should never perish but have eternal life. God is utterly powerful. His power shakes the thresholds of this Earth. But he doesn't use his power to crush or to bring destruction, but rather grace and salvation and eternal life. Instead of bitterness and brutality, he gives you kindness and gentleness and peacefulness. As it says in the very last verse of our reading today, may the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. It's okay to admit that we're weak, that we are powerless before our God. Because that means we get to take full solace in his power. Our Trinitarian God who is beyond our comprehension. Our God whose power shakes this world and could shake us as well. And yet our God who brings his power power down for each and every one of you to give you peace. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.